0: night, the time 150 years from now, the place, a luxury spaceship en route to Venus, the story, Venus is a Man's World, by William Ten.
2: Some fellows are lucky. They have brothers, but not me. I have nothing but sisters, two of them, Carrie and Evelyn. Sometimes Carrie isn't too bad, for a girl, I mean, but Evelyn, boy, she's hopeless. It was Evelyn's idea to put me on that spaceship, jam-packed with 300 females, and all of them aching to get themselves husbands. In the one place that's still to be had, the planet Venus. Well, anyway, 20 minutes after we took off from the spaceport, I was bored stiff. Ferdinand, do stop fidgeting
3: and sit down. I don't have anything to do. Well, I'll read to you and Carrie. Would you like that? No. I want to do something. What's the name of the book, sis? Well, it's titled Family Problems of the Frontier Woman. Doesn't it sound intriguing? Peachy keen. That's enough out of you, young man. Why don't you take a walk around
2: the ship? Can I go with Ferdinand, sis? Wouldn't you rather we start the book? You should, Carrie. Every girl should read about the family problems of the frontier woman. Keep quiet, you boy.
3: Oh. Oh, children, let's have enough of that. Now, go ahead, run along, you two, and, and Carrie, look after Ferdinand. See that he keeps out of mischief.
2: Gee, this is one big ship, isn't it? Uh-huh. I sort of wish we were on a cargo ship instead of this liner. Why? This is super. On a cargo ship. We could go climbing from deck to deck on a ladder. We could even go to the bridge or the foc'sle and talk with the crew. Oh, that's silly. Why would anyone want to do that? Because ships, crews, are men. Only because we women are too busy with important things like government to run ships. Says you. Hey, what are you looking at? This sign. In the event of disaster affecting the oxygen content of the companionway, break glass with hammer upon wall, remove spacesuit, and proceed to don it. Boy, I hope we have that kind of a disaster. I sure would like to get into one of those. Oh, you're silly. Hey, let's go exploring down this way. I see some portholes. And I see a sign that says, Notice, passengers are not permitted past this point. Come on, there's no one around. And besides, I'm not really a passenger. Oh, Ferdinand, you say you're not really a passenger. What do you mean? You have to be a citizen of a planet in order to get a passport, right? I'm not sure. Well, I'm telling you, ever since they passed that male suffrage act, only women can be Earth citizens. You and Evelyn are passengers, all right. But me, I'm just a male dependent. So when a sign says, off limits for passengers, it doesn't mean me. I'm not a passenger, see? Keep away from that door, Ferdinand. Can't you see the sign? You and your old signs. Ferdinand, let's go back to the cabin. I want to see what's behind this door. If you don't come back with me this very minute, I'll tell Evelyn. So what? Hey, this looks like a sign o'clock. I wonder if it works by knock or voice. Ferdinand, I'm going. Say, I remember one voice key. I wonder if it'll work. Twenty-twenty-three. Open Sesame. (laughs) Ferdinand! Out of all the million possible combinations, I hit it just right. The door clicked open into a, a dimly lit hole. As the door closed... My hand closed around my throat. The lights came on, and I found myself staring up the muzzle of a highly polished blaster, held by the biggest man I'd ever seen. We just stood there looking at each other for a while. Then finally he said... Why, you're
4: only a tadpole. Sir? A little tadpole. I must be getting jumpy enough to
2: splash. My name is Ferdinand Sparling. I'm very pleased to meet you, Mr.... I hope uh... for
4: your sake you aren't a tadpole brother to one of them husbandless and
2: Husbandless wife?
4: And you're a herd of females looking a nest. I come from Flatway, folks.
2: You're a Venusian?
4: Yep. What part of Earth are you from? And what are you doing on a spaceship to Venus?
2: You know, the three out of four. Yeah, how's that? The three out of four. No more than three women out of every four on Earth can expect to find husbands. Not enough men to go around, you know, with the Third Atomic War and all. Why, back in the 20th century, some of our best men went to the planet's. My sister Evelyn says that by now, most of the men on Earth aren't even worth marrying. <laughs>
4: That's for sure. Those busybody in your, I took care of that. Earth, what a place. I had a belly full.
2: Why did you come in the first place? I came
4: looking for a wife. Women are pretty scarce on Venus. I heard that there was a surplus of them on Earth.
2: I can't understand why any man would, would even want to marry a woman.
4: How old are you, Tadpole?
2: Thirteen. Almost fourteen.
4: Well, that explains a lot of things, Tadpole.
2: It doesn't explain why you're heading back to Venus.
4: Because I was in trouble the minute I landed on that woman's world. I didn't know I had to register at a government-operated hotel for transient males. Imagine, they told me a man couldn't say anything in court. All talking was done by female attorneys to a female judge. But I told them off. I told them where I come from. A man spoke his piece when he had a mind to, and his woman walked by his side. Well, what happened? Oh, I was found guilty of this and contempt of that but I wasn't going to serve all those fancy little prison sentences, so I broke out and stowed away.
2: You you mean that you're breaking the law right now?
4: Sure, aren't you?
2: Uh, I guess so. I'm also a man outside the law. We're in this together.
4: Shake, Ferdinand. Ferdinand? That's not a right label for a sprouting tadpole. I'll call you Ford. My name's Butt. Butt Lee Brown.
2: Is Butt a nickname like Ford?
4: Yeah, short for Alberta. But I haven't found a man who can draw a blaster fast enough to call me that. You see, Pop came over in the 80s with the first wave of immigrants from Ontario. Named all of us boys after Canadian provinces. I was the youngest, so I got the name they were saving for a girl.
2: Golly, Mr. Butt, you must have had a lot of brothers.
4: Yeah, Full Nest, they're sass. His real name is Saskatchewan, Manny, after Manitoba, and Uke, he was named for Yukon. I got one for every province and territory in Canada.
2: Golly, all I have is two sisters. Oh? Tell me about them. Well, there's Carrie. She's almost 16.
4: Well, how about your other sister? Is she a little older?
2: She's old, all right. Evelyn's almost 21. Is she pretty? Who?
4: Your sister, Evelyn.
2: Oh, I don't know. She's healthy. She's got very good teeth.
4: If I know her breed, she's bossy and opinionated.
2: Well, aren't all women?
4: Yep. There goes the dinner going it. You better scat. Growing tadpoles need their vitamins.
2: Could I bring you some chow? I could stuff it in my pocket and sneak it back here. No,
4: thanks. I've stashed away enough provisions. I got plenty of kelp and venusian mud grapes to last the trip. Now, you better shove off, Ford, if they'll start looking for you.
2: Guess I had better. Well, I'll see you right after dinner, Mr. Butt.
4: Just plain butt to you, Ford.
2: Oh, okay. I'll be seeing you. 2023. Open sesame.
3: Ferdinand, please be seated. I want to talk with you. Now? They just rang the dinner gong. I am aware of that. Now, where have you been? Around.
2: I demand a straight answer. Where have you been, Ferdinand? I told you, sis, around. And don't call me Ferdinand. Call me Ford. That's what Butt calls me. Butt? Who is Butt? Oh, nobody. I just made it up. Ferdinand! I can't tell you. I can't. You must. Well, you promise you won't turn him in? Well, Butt's my friend. He's a Venusian. He's going home aboard
3: our ship, the Eleanor Roosevelt. Ferdinand, don't you realize you've been consorting with a stowaway, a criminal? What sort of antisocial ideas has this war-mongering masculinist been putting into your head? Buts a nice guy. He asked about you. Oh,
2: indeed. I told him you had very good teeth. Really? Well, take me to this, this man. I will, if you promise not to turn him in. No, I promise. <laughs> there. The door has a sonic lock. I know the combination. Watch. Twenty-twenty-three. Open Sesame. Oh, it's so dark in there. But, hey, but, I brought along my sister Evelyn. She'd like to meet you. It's all right. Put on the lights. Oh.
4: An honor, Miss Sparling. Please come right in.
3: First, Mr. Bot, it's I want...
4: brown. But, Lee Brown.
3: First, Mr. Brown, you realize that you are committing two crimes. One, the political crime of traveling without a visa, and two, the criminal act of stowing away without paying your fare. Golly, it's, that's, that's no way to talk to But. I take it you either have no defense or care to make none?
4: I wonder if all the inure talk like that. And you want to foul up Venus. We
3: haven't done so badly on Earth after the mess you men made of politics. Hear, hear. Yeah, hear, hear. Oh, you keep quiet, Ferdinand. And another point, Mr. Butley Brown, I don't suppose you know that under space regulations, you've made this
2: poor child an accessory. But didn't make me anything. Let's
4: not talk law, female. Let's talk sense. I'm in trouble because I went to Earth to look for a wife. You're standing right here now because you're on your way to Venus for a husband. So, let's.
3: Let's? Let's what? daring to suggest uh, that... Miss
4: Sparling, no hoopla. I'm saying let's get married and you know it.
3: Jesus, say yes. And what makes you think that I consider you a desirable husband?
4: Figure it this way. If you wanted a poodle, you're pretty enough to pick one up on Earth. When you go charging off to Venus, you don't want a poodle, you want a man, and I'm one. I own three islands in the Galerton Archipelago. Good farmland. When they're cleared, I got no bad habits. i of having my own way. I'm passable good-looking, uh, my teeth are good too. Besides, if you marry me, you'll be the first mated on this ship, and that's a splash most nesting females like to make.
3: You know, there's more to marriage than just doing so.
4: What... There is. Well, we can try each other for taste. <sighs> now, me, I'd vote yes.
3: Me too, I'd vote yes. Now I'll cast my vote. <laughs>
2: Well, you guessed it. She broke her promise. I suppose the kiss did it. She it a stowaway to the captain, and he sent the detail from the ship's crew to halt Butt off to the brig. Well, later that afternoon, all the passengers, 300 females and me, gathered in the lounge for the hearing. <laughs> it's all on account of you. Shush! Don't shush me. If you promised your word wouldn't get Butt into trouble. Oh, you see? Shush! The captain is rapping for quiet. By
5: authority vested in me under the Pomona College Treaty, the stowaway Evanusian, Butley Brown, will be tried for violation of Articles sixteen to twenty-one inclusive of the Space Transport Code.
3: Purser, bring in the prison.
2: Ah, oh, I, I, I Come
5: ladies, Come
3: Those cheap extroverts, and they call themselves responsible. Ladies,
5: dear ladies.
3: Thank you, ladies.
5: But Lee Brown, I order your person and belongings impounded for the duration of this voyage, as set forth in sections forty-one and forty-five.
3: Captain, the sections are forty-three and
5: forty-five. Uh, you're, you're quite right, Miss Farling. Sections forty-three and forty-five of the Mother Anita Law Emergency Interplanetary Directives. Aren't you even going to give me a fair trial before you hang me? <laughs>
3: Ladies,
4: I beg of you, ladies. Captain, what exactly are the charges against me? You're a stowaway. I can pay for my
5: passage. You can? Well, then I guess we can dismiss the charges. (laughs) Ladies, gentle ladies.
3: Just a moment, Captain. Uh, Yes, Miss Farling. I demand justice. You can't let him off that lightly. Besides, there's the other charge.
5: What other charge?
3: Assault. That comes under sections 18 through 35 of the McDonald Law.
5: It does? Well, then, would you tell the court in your own words exactly what happened?
3: Well, when I first laid eyes on Mr. Brown, he seemed to be a fundamentally decent chap, despite his barbaric notions on equality between the sexes, or worse... I was positive I could shame him into a more rational social behavior and make him give himself up.
5: Go on, Miss
3: Farling. Just as I was getting over the colossal impudence involved in his proposing marriage and was considering the offer seriously on its merits, as one should consider all suggestions, he deliberately dropped the pretense of reason. Get
2: her. Ferdinand! My name is Ford, and you're nothing but a big snitch. You promised not to get buttoned in trouble. Well, Your name is
3: Ferdinand, and stop trying to act forcefully like a girl. It doesn't become you. Miss
5: Sparling, did I understand you to say that you were
3: considering Mr. Brown's proposal of marriage? That is true. I will not deny that he appealed to me. He appealed to me as, as most savage ancients appealed to their women, as an emotional machine. Huh. Throw their proper switches, says his theory, and the female surrenders herself ecstatically to the doubtful and bloody murk of masculine plans.
5: I'm afraid I still don't understand. What exactly did Mr. Brown do? He
3: kissed me. Oh, ladies, hey, ladies,
5: please, ladies. Uh, Mr. Brown... Do you deny kissing, Miss Sparling? No,
4: Miss Sparling, do you deny enjoying the kiss? Your
3: question is irrelevant and immaterial. Oh, she enjoyed it.
5: How would you know?
2: Well, I was right there. I could tell the way she acted. She sort of held the back of his neck, closed her eyes, and just hung on.
5: (sighs) What were you doing there?
2: I introduced him. I met Bud first. Then I took Sis over there to meet him.
5: I see. Ferdinand Sparling, I hereby order your detention for the duration of this voyage for aiding and abetting a stowaway, as set forth in sections 41 and... 43 and 45. And And you can't
3: Uh, arrest Ferdinand. He's only a child. You gave me your word no charges would be lodged against the boy.
5: That was the usual promise one makes to an informer. But I made it before I knew it was Butley Brown you were talking about. I didn't want to arrest Butley Brown. You forced me. So, I'm breaking my promise to you, just as I understand you broke your promise to your brother. I'm afraid both Ferdinand and Butley Brown will be picked up at New Kalamazoo Spaceport and sent Terraward for trial.
3: But I used all our money to buy passage.
5: I'm sorry. You'll have to return with your brother.
3: Of course. There is a way out. There is? Well, tell me, please.
5: Miss Sparling, if you'd marry Brown... Now, don't, don't look at me like that. If you'd marry Brown, he would go on your passport as a dependent male member of your family.
3: Do you think I'd marry that, 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 desperado? Why, he doesn't know enough to sit back and let a woman run things. Captain, you should be ashamed of yourself. I'll marry him!
5: Perhaps I should be, but that's what comes of putting men in responsible positions. See here, Miss Sparling, I didn't want to arrest Brown. I'd still prefer not to. The officers and crew of my ship all go along with
3: me. Why not? Men always think like men. They never use logic. They just rely on masculine intuition.
5: Maybe so. This ship's crew are all residents of Earth. But our work requires us to be on Venus several times a year. We wouldn't want to cross any member of the Brown Clan. They're all men of influence on the polar continent.
3: No, I wouldn't doubt that for a second. If anyone gets in their way, they merely oxidize them with a blaster.
5: Take butt. He's a big man in his own bailiwick. The Galerton Archipelago, when he wants to put somebody in office, well, he just appoints them.
3: Mr. Brown has that much influence, you say?
5: Uh, power, actually. The kind a strong man usually wields in a newly settled community.
3: Oh, Mr. Brown, if I marry you, would you promise to see that I'm appointed resident governor of the Galerton Archipelago? No. boy, uh, Bart, don't give in. Ferdinand, this does not concern you. A Mr. Brown, I might even consider a county clerkship.
5: Nope.
2: Stick by your blasters, but Show me you're a real man.
5: Mr. Brown, it would seem to me that if you really want to marry this attractive young lady, a compromise could be worked out. Well, I could make her sheriff.
2: Oh, no. Would
5: the position of sheriff of the Galerton Archipelago be acceptable, Miss Barling? Yes. Good. I'll marry you here
2: and now. Oh, I want to be a bright man. Yes. You shouldn't have sold out. Why did you do it? You don't have to marry her for my sake. I wouldn't care what they did to me. That's all right,
4: Ted I'd do anything for my favorite brother-in-law.
2: It's your like to be your brother-in-law. But gosh, you don't have to marry, sis. You can pat any one of these 300 females.
4: Why marry sis? I'm stubborn, but I like at first to keep on liking. What I want at first, I keep on wanting until I get it.
2: Yeah, but making her sheriff. What's going to happen to our man's world?
4: Don't worry none about that for her, my boy. Wait till after we meet and go out to my islands. She'll find herself sheriff over exactly two earth males, you and me. <laughs> and I got a hunch that'll keep her pretty busy, huh? <laughs> uh, how about that, huh? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: You have
0: just heard X-1, presented by the National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine, which this month features an eye for a what? A story of the Earthmen who thought they couldn't hurt a friendly alien if their lives depended on it, while all the time their lives did depend on it. Galaxy Magazine, on your newsstand today. Tonight, X-1 has brought you Venus is a Man's World, a story from the pages of Galaxy written by William Ten and adapted for radio by Arthur Small. Featured in our cast were Dennis Bellabio as Ford, Bob Haig as Butt, Ann Raphael as Kerry, John Gibson as the captain, and Frederica Chandler as Evelyn. This is Fred Collins. X-Minus One was directed by Daniel Sutter and is an NBC Radio Network production.
1: Next week, X-1 presents Trap by Finn O'Donovan. Fur hunters tangle with a bottle of fire water and a new kind of trap which catches more than they bargain for. We hope you'll be listening next week at this same time. This week, the Boy Scouts are celebrating their 47th year of service to American youth. Throughout the country, there will be open houses, courts of honor, indoor and outdoor campfires, cub circuses, scout expositions, explorer events and other special activities. This is the second year of the four-year program, Onward for God and My Country, which was launched to help prepare America's boys to live in today's world and prepare them to carry their full share in the years ahead. It's designed to give youth an opportunity to develop physical fitness, self-reliance, a sense of personal responsibility, a spirit of helping people, a willingness to share, an understanding of our government's democratic processes, and a firm spiritual foundation. On Sunday, February 10th, churches of all faiths will observe Boy Scout Sunday with scouts attending services in uniform. The world on a new hotline. Listen for news on the hour and the exciting hotline service all day, every day on most of these stations. (laughs)